you 
Welcome back, Grooving Xanadu Collective. I have had such a great couple of days, I have to say. I hope you did too. Um, I've noticed between the solar energy coming at the earth, we've had a couple of coronal mass ejections. This is when there's a solar flare, as it were. And then that solar radiation hits the earth in a wave a few days later. So we have two of those waves coming through this week. What I'm starting to notice about that is that along with the full moon making people a little, um, you know, energized or even manic sometimes. Um, and I don't mean manic in a uh, mental illness classification sense. I just mean in an, an energy, a very quick, fast-paced, you know, I've had 15 cups of coffee and I'm ready to take on the world kind of energy. Um, and it seems like this solar energy for some of us is starting to feel energizing, whereas before it was kind of draining. So it's an interesting shift since the conjunction in December that seems to be happening and it's a good one and a positive one. So today, uh, gosh, it's like every day more things that I need to talk about or want to talk about come up in conversation with others. I had this great live, um, on IG last night with a few of my friends and, um, we were just kind of rotating in and out of the live and, uh, mind-blowing conversations that led to a whole bunch of other things <laughs> I already have in mind to talk about. But um, what I want to talk about today is how um, your personal messages, your personal signposts um, come along in ways that are different for everybody a lot of times. And it may be things that you haven't put together yet. So maybe this might be a little bit um, activating for some of you to remember those things or piece them together. Because I know when I first started listening to people talk about um, synchronicities and Easter eggs and energy and manifestation, and all those things, I started going, oh, wait, yeah. Um, that's always happened to me. That thing started happening and, oh, I can see where these other things happen all the time, but I just didn't recognize that they were messages from this universe or matrix or simulation or whatever we decide it is that we're all participating in this game of life. Um, so for me, not surprisingly, being the grooving goddess, um, that has mostly been through music and media, mostly movies, I would say. Occasionally there's TV shows that impact me, but you know, that's, um, more with the second golden age of television that we've been having for about the last decade with the advent of streaming. It has, <laughs> it has expanded out the entertainment uh, creativity outlet um, multidimensionally, it feels like sometimes. So that exponential growth offers a lot of uh, variety of things that catch your attention. 
So let's go back to my very first episode where I talked about how I decided when I was a child and that I've now accepted as an adult um, that I'm a muse and that I came from the stars and that at some point I chose to embody because of love, not on this planet, but it wound up bringing me to this planet. So, you know, it's a classic tale of muse meets alien, muse falls in love with alien, muse decides to hop on a body, alien's planet gets destroyed, <laughs> we wind up on earth. Oh, and then spend 60,000 years or so um, doing the dance of being involved in this project earth, right? So for me, um, there were a few very specific things in my childhood in the seventies and early eighties, which were like these giant neon signs to my soul. Um, it was like a, a whisper in my ear of things I already knew, but the world around me, especially in the seventies was not validating at all was telling me, you know, was not the five senses was not quote unquote reality. There are two particular things that were the biggest, biggest influence on me. Um, one of those, and so it's hilarious when you think about it, and I'll add a few pictures of some of this stuff to the Instagram post when I share this episode. Spotify is doing this weird thing where it's not letting me share links the last couple days, so it'll be up there anyway, though, if you want to go take a look at that. But there are two things. One is the band Electric Light Orchestra. Now... <clears throat> electric <laughs> light orchestra energy music right and if you listen to their music Jeff Lynn the lead singer he wrote most of the compositions it you can you can hear in it the energy and there was a UFO on the cover of their album. So you know this person was tapping into something beyond the five senses when they were creating. So there was something about that music. It's like I felt it uh, viscerally when it started uh, appearing. And then around, let's see, I think it was 1980. What year did the movie actually come out? trying to think so it's where Xanadu Collective came from because um, <clears throat> when I was about 10 the movie Xanadu came out and I'm opening another tab so that I can look up what year it actually came out but at any rate um, first there was a song that I was hearing on the radio because that's how they got us to go to the movie back in the day. And, uh, the song just, I felt it in my soul. Yeah, it was definitely 1980. So I was 10 would soon be 11. I had my first most 
true, intense, best friend relationship. And that was with um, my lifelong friend, Heather, that I talk about. And she was the first person that I met, the first peer that I met in this life that um, didn't think I talked about the same stuff I did. We could both walk down the street together and hear what people are talking about in their houses. Um, you know, we connected with nature a lot. We would ride our bikes to the park and just go lie under trees and talk about coming from the stars and then um, practice Reiki on each other, which we didn't even know that's what we were doing. We just knew that it was just instinctive, you know, like like kids have the instinct to spin until they're dizzy and fall down because it's fun and exciting and it feels good. Um, we had these instincts to do these different um metaphysical type of things that nobody had ever shown us and the movie Xanadu is about a muse who comes to earth to inspire different artists and I want to talk about what muse inspiration really means it doesn't mean that they say oh here's your hit song so you'll be successful now it's about releasing the creativity that exists within people. Um, so kind of like removing their blocks. <laughs> like my last episode of Muse Musings. So she goes to Earth and she meets this artist and inspires him. And then throughout the movie, you see flashbacks of different lives that she has popped in. Different times in history that she has popped in and out to go inspire people when they needed it. Um, and of course, every single one of them, uh, cause this was, you know, the classic, uh, heteronormative cisgender version of this mythology is that it's always men that get inspired <laughs> and that all the muses are women and that, um, you know, that all the men fall in love with the muse, but the muse, uh, will ultimately leave because, she can't stay on earth. <clears throat> oh, first thing recording in the morning. I always have to keep pausing because I get froggy. So I apologize for that. But this just seems to be the best time of day for me. So <laughs> she goes to inspire this artist. And um, the muse is Kira. And she's played by... Olivia Newton-John, a musical goddess herself, in my opinion, um, out of most of the people that came out of that time, she is definitely in my top five influences, I would say, along with Pat Benatar, um, Anna Nancy Wilson, and Linda Ronstadt at least on the female side of things. I had a lot more male influences, interestingly enough, because at the time, um, music was still a very, very male-dominated field. Um, it still is now, but it has definitely much improved since I was a child in the 70s and since I was singing in a rock band in the late 90s. So she meets the artist and... She falls in love with him, and so she decides to stay with him on Earth. 
And <laughs> um, when I when I saw this movie, it, the whole it was as if I'd walked into a theater and someone had said, had said "Okay, ten year old kid who knows you aren't from this planet and doesn't feel like you belong here. We're gonna." show you some of your past lives and your story in this movie so that you know you're not crazy and you can move through your life believing in magic and knowing that no matter what the 3D world throws at you, magic is in you and in all of us and it could return one day in a more present form. It's hard to talk about this sometimes without crying, honestly, because it's a very emotional experience. And I unfortunately, um, as I've mentioned in a couple other episodes, had broken up recently with um, my artist that I mused and fell in love with and decided to embody and become a soul that needs a vessel instead of just light. So my free movement and travel was restricted for love. <laughs> what an epic tale that is, right? So uh, let me read you the lyrics to Xanadu. Now there, there was a real Xanadu, quote unquote, and it is, um, it was an area that Kublai Khan had and it was kind of an oasis and there was lots of art and music and um, also a lot of sex <laughs> all the fun pleasurable things um, but I don't think uh, that is the ultimate definition of Xanadu I think Xanadu is just an idea an idea of a very high vibrational high energy loving inspiring creative place to be so I'm going to read you, uh, oh, and there is, I'm pretty sure there's a poem that goes something like, as Kublai Khan, uh, to Xanadu, yada, yada, something. Maybe I should look that up instead of saying yada, yada at you. Pardon me, Groovers. Xanaduians, is that what you would call Xana, Xanadanians? <laughs> Xanaduanians? Um... Hey Galactic Groovers, I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooving Goddess. You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com and to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333, and that is a 30-minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand. Then I have a grief mediumship, another 30-minute reading, and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that. My um, specialty seems to be in that area. 
getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have Syncretic Oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, You can also do that at the Square Booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square Booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back. So I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening. Man, I'm going to have to edit out some of these really pregnant pauses, which is really just my mind sort of having a weird disassociative episode. Ah, yes. It is painful to try to talk about how there's this soul that you maybe had a chance to be with in a lifetime after a really long time and that it didn't become something that would get to last. And that's okay because I'm actually, uh, we're both with the people we're meant to be with at this point now, and it's not each other and that's okay. So the lyrics of Xanadu, uh, hit me right between the eyes as did the movie here. Imagine, okay. Imagine I'm 10 years old. I'm probably wearing some overly grown-up version of some disco-y outfit, much like um, my Embolic in Beaches, where she's the little girl in Atlantic City on the beach, you know, talking like a 40-year-old actress (laughs) who's been on vaudeville her whole life. Um, I'm sitting in the audience in my semi-disco wear. And this movie is unfolding and I am crying through the whole thing. And I don't necessarily understand why I'm having all these feelings. I just know that it all feels like memories and like, oh, this is what I've been missing. So the lyrics of the song, finally, I'm just going to read them out because it's obvious. A place where nobody dared to go. The love that we came to know. They call it Xanadu. It takes your breath away and it'll leave you blind. And now open your eyes and see what we have made is real. We are in Xanadu. A dream of it we offer you. A million lights are dancing and there you are. A shooting star. An everlasting world and you're here with me eternally. Xanadu, Xanadu, now we are here in Xanadu. 
Xanadu, your neon lights will shine for you. The love, the echoes of long ago. You needed the world to know. They are in Xanadu. Ooh, lots of pausing to cry. Um... With every breath you drift away. The dream that came through a million years. That lived on. Through all the tears. It came to Xanadu. The dream you dream. Well it will happen for you. And then it goes through the. Uh, chorus again. In a beautiful grand crescendo that I do. Not nearly as much justice to as Olivia Newton-John does, but, you know, alas, I do not have that licensing. <laughs> oh my God, what a fantasy that would be to get Olivia Newton-John to come on my podcast. Uh, if anyone knows her, send her a message. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but just the verbiage here. The dream that came through a million years that lived on through all the tears. The dream you dream. Well, it will happen for you. What a powerful, awe-inspiring, and also overwhelming message. But that stuck with me so hard. There's one scene in the movie where um, she is seen as the USO girl she was at one point when she went to um, a dancer in World War II to inspire him. And you see him as an older man now with this younger artist that she's inspiring, kind of coaching him, and he sort of recognizes her, but not really. And... Um, but he remembers, you know, her inspiration and being in love with her. And, uh, it was, like I said, it was like having my <laughs> past lives <laughs> flash before my childhood earth eyes. Yeah. No other face would take you off my mind You're so refined You're much too kind I have to warn you I'm never gonna set you free Cause I was born to love you for eternity You're away from me Wherever you go You're never far away from me I want you to know I only have to close my eyes, dear And suddenly I'm where you are You better never stray Cause I'll never be far
your name My heart's aflame I feel the same I'd fall apart, dear If you let the feeling end Don't break a heart, dear That nobody else could make Some of the other um, ELO slash Olivia Newton-John songs that are in the movie are um, Magic, which everybody's heard that one, I'm pretty sure, even if you're uh, a youngster. Have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand in our way. Those are some pretty powerful messages. If you break it down and ignore the schmaltzy 1980-ness of it. And also so much lycra. <laughs> so many hot pants. <laughs> then there's um, a few of her other lives that are shown also in this sequence. And it's this fantastic montage. If you haven't seen this movie, you're going to have to make it a point. And um, it might be a search because sometimes it's on one of the streaming platforms, but usually I wind up having to like get it from the library or buy it or do something along those lines because it's not always online. 
Um, but maybe it is now because I'm speaking it into being. But in this sequence, it's really fun because there's this band called The Tubes. Um, pretty funky punk rock band you should check out from the 70s if you've never heard of them. Um, but they do this uh, really great sequence where it's these three different decades all kind of dance battling. <laughs> Only they're on roller skates because I forgot to mention the part where the place that they open up is basically like a roller disco place. <laughs> um, so they're doing this big opening, grand opening, and and the the dance uh, number and all the perform like all the performers are actually her muse sisters that show up. Um, but it's this super fun thing where they're just kind of going back and forth between the eras. And so anyway, fabulous, fabulous songs. I'm trying to think of what other songs were in that movie. Xanadu movie songs. Because I know there's a couple that are relevant. Sorry for the sniffling, guys. Okay, so there's Magic. And then the one I'm talking about with the tubes. And Gene Kelly. Because he plays the old dancer that she had inspired in the 40s. Um... They do this fabulous number together, um, Olivia Newton-John and Gene Kelly, where they sing this song called Whenever You're Away From Me. <clears throat> and when I would hear that song, my whole life I would feel like, I know you're out there somewhere, and I'll meet you at some point. Of course, the fantasy version of me was hoping it would work out differently, but... Alas, and then there's a song called Spend It In Time, Suddenly, which is about falling in love with each other, and then ELO has um, I'm Alive, The Fall, Don't Walk Away, All Over the World, That's a Bop. So it's a really fun, lighthearted movie, but this 10-year-old girl took it massively seriously. <laughs> And then here I am, you know, 40 years later, starting this podcast and being as out and proud as one can be, I suppose, in this uh, period of time, this transition into the new Aquarian age. And all I can say is that it has been... It has been like feeling every feeling I've ever felt all at the same time in this crescendo of happiness and sadness and just all, all of the stuff kind of zoning into this pinpoint of now where I see <laughs> the dream that you dream look <laughs> is coming true it's happening things are becoming magical for more people and more and more and more people we're all waking up from this long sleep and I don't know there's some derision sort of in the different communities I suppose about whether there's like whether you know star seeds are somehow different than quote unquote regular humans um, I kind of see it more as just 
maybe they haven't come here as many times or been here as long. But whatever the version of that is, it still gives raising the vibrational frequency of the earth and um, people associated with you opening up to that because whether they're quote-unquote regular humans or starseeds, they all have the potential. We all have the potential to embody our light in these bodies and that is what will make us magical in this reality. It's what does make, make us magical. I listen to people talk about um, abundance and uh, letting go of lack programming and and manifestation, how when you're energetically aligned, the more you are aligned, the more things will seem to just magically happen for you. And I can say that in small ways from the time I was a child, it's just been that way. And then those small ways stayed. And then just as one begins a vocabulary, it became more and more of a magical experience to be alive. Because even though, of course, I had challenges and heartbreaks and pains and um, human, human, human experiences, uh even in those experiences, there would always be whatever I needed, whatever I truly needed. And, you know, I just haven't needed a million dollars uh, or any of the other things that people seem to think manifestation is. But, and that's okay, because they need that. That apparently has not been my priority. <laughs> but just because I'm not a millionaire doesn't mean that I'm not abundant like what I need always comes and the only times in my life that hasn't been true is when I have not surrendered or believed that when I have not surrendered to the process of life and taken the hits that come without you know making it my new story uh those are the only times when the flow gets interrupted. And then there's sometimes there's states where, you know, you've hitched your wagon to somebody else and their personal um, programming can affect you as well, no matter how fantabulous <laughs> you're connected or manifesting. But the interesting thing about that is I think that like anything – you know, there's that old, there's a reason there's the mythology of Achilles and the Achilles heel. It's because we are flawed and there will always be some sort of failing or, or, um, see, it's not really a failing. We're starting to learn that. I think that our mistakes are just lessons or our experiences that, I mean, I personally have learned way more from all of the seemingly shitty things than I have necessarily from all of the happy things. The happy things were like cake on my birthday or after a nice dinner and the hard things, those were the, the roast, you know, the gravy, <laughs> those were the, the meat, 
of the situation. And so I think it's a bit like that with manifestation and magic is that we're all going to have our blind spots or Achilles heels that even if we live most of our lives having this flow state of attracting to us what we need when we need it, uh, there may be like an area where you're not so great with that or where your, your abundance programming, which is desired programming because programming isn't a bad thing. It's all just programming, but you know, do you want a program running in your brain that, um, means that you can never quite pay your bills and that you're always in a panic about money? Or do you want the program running that, uh, your needs are always taken care of one way or another? <clears throat> so, um, I think, you know, we all have maybe some junk programs running. And so for, for each of us, it's going to be different. You know, some of us might struggle with money. Some of us might struggle with, uh, relationships or family of origin or, you know, career, finding our thing that we want to do with our life. These are all just different areas where we can kind of have a blind spot or weak spot. And so I think if you keep having the same sort of experiences happen in what starts to appear like a pattern, then you can probably guess that that's the area of weakness for you personally and the one that you need to address and learn how to change the program. Um, for me, I really feel like that was specifically, uh, and, and then, then we layer on this current lifetime and our ancestral DNA that we have taken on because whenever we are, um, Whenever we are addressing or healing traumas and experiences or going through something, let's say that our ancestors have gone through, but we do it differently or we overcome that thing, it heals it for the entire lineage genetically and karmically. And then it also helps heal that for the Xanadu collective um, so that those experiences are more healthy for the majority of people and more people are in a flow state and, and it, you know, stops blocking your flow state. With this recent breakup, I know that <laughs> it's interesting. I'm not going to go too deeply in this right in this moment. I might do it in a day or two, but, um, had some kind of clumsy ham-fisted, a closure contact uh, Sunday and Monday. It was, and by Monday, I I had woken up and I was looking at the conversation Sunday in a completely different context and went, you know what? No, absolutely not. I refuse to take all of your blame and um, all of the responsibility. For, you know, I'm not going to, in other words, I'm not going to be a doormat. I will be the first to admit that I have been one for sure in romantic relationships, always subjugating myself 
as misogynistically programmed from childhood and also by watching my mother and my grandmother and how they dealt with relationships. <clears throat> I have subjugated my needs for whatever anybody else wanted. And I'm sure part of that is like the adult child of an alcoholic's desperate need to be loved. So you're just going to put up with whatever shit because um, if they love you sometimes, that's better than being alone and never. But this situation was different because I was in an empowered place already. And so I feel like I, like this is a major thing. Me just stating this is my boundary and I'm sorry that it doesn't work for you, but I can't do anything different than that. And if that's not okay with you, then I guess there we are. But, you know, I'm sure in his story, I'm a villain. I don't think he's a villain in my story, but I do think he behaved like an asshole. And I wasn't, I wasn't um, shy about um, clearly expressing, you know, my anger and feelings about some of that. <clears throat> now, when only one of you is willing to look at their behavior and accept any responsibility for their half of things, because no matter how awful you think someone is, I'm sure we can all look at relationships we've been in that didn't work out well and see what our part in it was because it's it can't just be all one person's fault not fault but you know it it's never all one person's participation how they show up in the relationship so um no matter what the overall narrative or story of the relationship is, you're both responsible and neither of you are perfect beings. So therefore, you both did things or said things to each other that weren't cool or behaved in ways that were not fair or crossed boundaries. So when the other person refuses to, you know, they're just like, nope, I'm perfect and I'm right and you're not and so until you admit that you are just responsible for everything uh I have nothing to say to you sort of thing and so um when that happens the only thing you can do is just be like great well I am going to express how I feel about that and then step off and get on with my life uh, which is what I've been doing and it's going rather well and I'm very excited about the rest of this year. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to say about Xanadu and Electrical Light Orchestra other than to show it as evidence that you can watch for your own signs. Like sometimes I'll be in the car and I'll be in the midst of a situation and a song will come on and the lyrics will be so on the nose about the situation. I just say, okay, guys, <laughs> my guides, I call them all guys for some reason. It's just a, a vocabulary habit, I guess, vernacular. But 
Um, okay, guys, a little on the nose, don't you think? Like, for instance, um, say I was climbing on a ladder, but that was going to result in injury to me, and it would be best if I stop it. I'll start hearing the song, um, get down, get down, get down, get down, get down, get down. And I'm like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> I have to? Okay, fine. I'll get down. I wanted to read uh, this really wonderful um, feedback I got this morning when I woke up. It's been... You know, like anything, you, you plant a seed and you watch it grow. And that's what I did last year. And I can't believe I only started this podcast in August because it feels like I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> but I think maybe that's just pandemic time. But at any rate, I've had several really nice um, messages from people uh, about the podcast this week. And I woke up to one this morning. And of course, you know, I'm uh, Captain Happy Tears. So it made me very touched and feel validated. And I had such a wonderful start to my day. <clears throat> so I was just going to read that. Hey there, I just started binging your podcast, Grooving Goddess, yesterday and wanted to say thank you. Just listening to a few episodes validated and provided some insight downloads I needed Love the show. It's such a cool, calm, woo-vibing thing, and it's super rad. Well, that feedback was super rad, and thank you so much for sending it. Um, I really appreciate that. I appreciate all of it, and I've uh, been getting a lot of um, emails since I did the Me and Paranormal You episode with Ryan Singer. I have to keep remembering to add his last name because he's not my best friend just because I happened to be on there once after listening to him for six years. But um, <clears throat> I appreciate it so much. And actually, that reminds me, I need to get back to someone about a little unwanted visitor in their home. It's, you know, part of the reason nobody likes to talk about... Um, demons or their experiences that kind of stuff is because there's something to that expression uh if you speak the devil's name he will appear um if that isn't an evidence of manifestation or that we're running this i don't know what is but i but anyway i happened to talk about that publicly a little bit for the first time and of course um, there are other people out there having experiences and um, asking me some questions, which I greatly appreciate, but I also find it funny because it's like, okay, yep, I put that out there. And so there will be some people who contact me about that and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that I need to, um, you know, strap on a leather vest and a crossbow and some holy water and <laughs> go start uh clearing people's houses or anything but I can give tell them what I did and um provide a little direction if there's if they do need that sort of help who they might contact that is definitely not a job that I want and I am expressly stating that mostly for 
my personal universe right now that I do not want to be a demonologist, which is kind of funny because when I was a weird little kid reading all the strange books from the library, don't ask me why the school library had the demonologists um, about the Warrens that came out in the 70s, I think. Um, but they did. And I remember reading that and being fascinated and like thinking that maybe that would be something I wanted to do was go fight this evil, you know. And not that I'm necessarily saying they're evil or not evil, but they're just not something I want to fuck with, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so I am all about uh, get thee behind me, Satan, and um, you have no permission to enter my world. Uh, but there are some people out there who are going through experiences like what I had and I'm helping them out as well. So I don't think I'm going to be offering that as a service. I will send them to people who are expert at that and can help them. Wow. This darted all over the place, just like the pinball machine I was playing on when I was singing Xanadu and imagining my future as a little girl. Being a muse, being in light form is a bit like uh, being a pinball because you can just fly across the universe in the blink of an eye and go wherever you want and do what you want. But it has its limitations. And that's the funny thing. You know, we talk about all of these infinite, uh, the infinite energy, the all, the oneness, but Somehow, in our co-creative agreement with the universe, we still seem to have some certain structures or laws of the universe that do apply. And one of them seems to be that, um, like you, and, and that's part of what we're doing here is being able to be embodied, multidimensional souls. But... Uh, most of the time, it's more of an either-or type of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that all develops, because I don't know everything that's going to happen. That would be boring as hell. As a matter of fact, I purposely hid it for myself. And when I get back to touching on timey-wimey stuff, ooh, some new hot takes there. Great conversations with um, Zach and Becky, a couple of my friends. Um, who one has been on the podcast and they're both gonna be on the podcast with me at some point in the future soon putting that intention out there but um lots of relevatory conversation last night and um I definitely have some interesting developments there about how we're in this fluidity of time and we can in the present moment access what's going to happen um, as it's happening to know how best to proceed but um, we can also decide we don't want to know what's going to happen <laughs> and so uh, for most of my life I had like an inkling but I liked being surprised a lot and for some reason and I don't know why I mean what a fearful time also to be having a human experience it's and so I think for me 
I knew that my physical and spiritual makeup, my metaphysical makeup was going to need a little more um, advanced knowledge or training or idea of where things were going during this period of time so that I would um, have the strength to persevere. Well, I'm sure I will uh, slap a song on at the end of this. I don't know if I'm going to go record um, a few. I'm going to start doing this thing. I, I put on a duet last Muse Musings that was um, one of my Smule friends. He's in the UK. What you do on there is you create a duet and you sing your half of the song. And then it's an open invitation to anyone who creates an account on there uh, to go sing the other half. And so I'm going to try to start making this sing-along thing happen. And for now, it's just people that I already know on Smule because they're there, they're following me, they see the invitation and they come sing. And so I'm telling people I'll feature it on my podcast, my favorite duet from that song invitation. And that's the really cool thing. I sing the song once and then I might get, you know, five to 20 different versions from other people who join me. And it's really quite wonderful to be connecting with people that way all over the world. But um, I want to start putting those up and I'll share them on Instagram and Facebook and just put out, hey, here's this week's sing-along. And then if any of you uh, Xanaduians... Xanaduanians. I'm sure Becky is going to have some input. She's the word person for me anyway. She will come up with a good term. <laughs> but anyway, if any of my listeners would uh, like to hop on there and sing, because I know a lot of you do, and keep in mind, this is karaoke, guys. Yes, I'm technically a professional singer, but you don't have to be to join me is part of what I'm saying. And so one of the things I'll probably be do, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but I want to open up a group invitation for um, Age of Aquarius. <laughs> and when you do a group song, that means 50, 100, 200 people can join. I think there's a limit at some point where it won't let you add to the video anymore, but you can keep adding on vocal layers as long as that invitation is open. So every one of my listeners who wanted to could go in and sing on that song. <clears throat> thank you for putting up with my froggy voice this morning, and uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for joining another Muse Musings. I love you all so much. That has been the through line from my first memories that I remember is just wanting and knowing that my prime directive for any Trekkies out there uh, has been to love. There's nothing I enjoy more than showering the world with unconditional love. I'll see you next time.
Shooting stars.